Welcome back to the In Between Everything podcast. This is Scott here with Caleb or Caleb. <laughs> how's, how's it going? <clears throat> back here for Call episode number six. So we're Ooh. still here, everybody. We're here to stay. Yep, that's three plus three, son. Boom. There you go. Done. <laughs> Yep. Oh man, but we've got a good one. We've got a good one this week. Like some pretty cool stuff, right? Oh yeah, dude. Everything I, from the Beirut I, shit that's going on to a little random quake in uh, North Carolina. So go ahead and oh, get did you into say random? <laughs> as random as an earthquake can get, I guess. In North Carolina. In the Carolinas, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, shit. Okay. I'll start with the right. uh, with the most powerful Biggest. earthquake. Yeah, the most powerful one this week um, came on August fifth right. um, in the in Vanatu is the air region it came out of. <clears throat> um, happened at twelve oh five. It was a six point four magnitude, and it was a deep blood echo at one hundred and eighty seven kilometers deep. So. Damn. It was powerful. So it's it almost two hundred almost two hundred, yeah, almost two hundred kilometers deep. It, wow. Two thousand meters. Yeah. And it, well, a hundred and one thousand eight hundred and seventy meters. <laughs> the uh the estimated energy release was sixty thousand thirty six tons of TNT or three point <laughs> eight Hiroshima's. <coughs> so Damn. Well good thing it was deep. Yeah, definitely. Good thing it was deep. <clears throat> so that was the most powerful one hitting Vanatu right around like uh, northeast well, Australia, like Papua New Guinea area. Like there's always a okay, pretty yeah. So in the, active in region. the the Southern Pacific, yeah. Ring of Fire, hey, that's Ring of Fire territory. Ring of Fire. Mm. But the most significant one, definitely of the week, happened this morning around eight oh seven. Local time, Eastern time. Um, <clears throat> so it came at 3.7 kilometers deep, and it was a 5.1. Um, Whoa. So that's definitely the largest one to come out of there in the past nine years, I think it is. Um, I mean, they have... But there's no... Would that Now, is that is that like plate... Activity or is that volcanic? Because to my knowledge, there's no volcanoes. Yeah, near... so they call these like sure. in, like uh, interplate earthquakes or something like that. Like they're not near a major fault zone, like a bigger fault zone. Actually, huh. it's like happening in the middle of the plate. From what I was reading, it's, it's weird. Wow. But, um, okay. <clears throat> so you know how like here in East Tennessee we have that smaller fault line that runs through mm-hmm. and, like. Once every century or so, like fifty years, you get like a five point something. So it's just enough to shake things up, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so I think there's a similar situation, just a little bit on the other side of the Smokies, Appalachian Mountains. Oh, uh, I can see that. I can see that. <clears throat> but it occurred. We're in the valley, and they're on more like the coastal side of things. Yeah. So I mean. It was in Sparta, so it was just on the other side, like, of the mountains. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. 
it's like <clears throat> we're in the valley and right where it starts to flatten out on their side of North Carolina it's probably probably similar fault going on there but um it occurred in the right. interior of the North American plate uh yeah it's called a mid plate quake and or interplate quake and they are uh, pretty much less com- or way less common in interplate areas than they are at plate boundaries and um so like earlier in the past 24 hours they've had I think four 2.0s to 2.5 or 2.6. That was like the precursor quakes. And then this morning they finally had a 5.1. So, Oh, wow. But they're pretty rare for that area anyways. Like, like earthquakes that cause a little damage usually occur like every couple decades, they say, around this area. And uh, Right. You know, we we all have like 2.0s or 2.5s, like every couple months, like yeah. years. Vibrations, really. Yeah, They're not small even... energy releases or shifting or shit settling or whatever. Because that's pretty far from the fault line, like the Mid Atlantic Ridge and shit. So this is like mid. That's just it. So so maybe that's like maybe that's just like a uh, kind of like. Uh, like an aftershock for the plate colliding. Like I, I know that sounds kind of like similar to what they were saying, but you understand what I'm saying, right? It would be like the vibration in the center of the object from hitting another big ass object. Because there, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the, the the Atlantic plate and then the North American plate, they're always uh, ones going under the the other one, right? If that's if that's one. That's what I'm, like not, I'm if I'm not mistaken. Like looking at the just like the topographical charts of shit of the uh, seabed or the ocean floor or whatever, right. it kinda looks like they're converging like I'm not sure. Like colliding or is one sliding under the you know you know what I'm like trying to explain, right? Like I'm not I don't I don't sound crazy. Actually, like if I'm not one mistaken, sliding under the other one or it looks just like, like coming straight at you. They're it's they're moving away from each other. Oh, like there's, oh. So, like, <laughs> one side is pushing towards Europe and Africa, and, other, like, our side is pushing right. towards the, um, like, Pacific Plate and stuff. But I think they gain, like, so many centimeters a year. Like, the, lift, the length of your fingernail every year or whatever. It grows the length or the amount that your fingernail grows or something like that. It's how much is being put out. In the Mid Atlantic Ridge. Oh, okay. Wow. So it See, is, I, it I is was, pushing always... westward. <clears throat> so that could just be, right. you know, there's all kinds of forces that got to balance out. But, um, <clears throat> you could say it's stabbing westward. Band <laughs> 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 90s. I Jeez. mean, early 2000s. Yeah. Wow. A different time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whoops. So in 1916, just like some historical quakes for this region, 1916 there was a 5.2 that occurred right here in the Great Smokies. Wow. So that was roughly nah, 94 I, years ago. I doubt they know how deep that thing was. So no, it's probably it was. Was there a lot of damage? It was a lot harder. Uh, well, I mean, there wasn't really shit here. <laughs> 
I mean, those are just logging communities and right. stuff, so there really ain't going to be much. Might have, like, a landslide off a hill or some something oh, like that. Whoa. Enough for them to write it down, that's yeah. for sure. And then we all remember back whenever the Washington Monument was cracked, and that was in 2011, we had a 5.8. And I felt that one. Uh, I was sitting at the house that day, and, uh, yeah, it felt it all the way in where and here in the Tennessee Valley, and then they now, it. now, if I'm not mistaken, that one, that one came from Virginia. Yeah, I was about to say right? the epicenter was Mineral, Virginia, roughly wow, 100 kilometers Convenient. from this. <clears throat> so these two big quakes came within 100 kilometers of the epicenter that happened this morning in Sparta. Huh. And they're they're not too far apart. Like, if we're talking geology wise, oh yeah, like I mean, ten that's... years ain't shit. Yeah. Well, nine, nine years. So. Yeah. Wow. So that, I mean, that's roughly kinda... every decade or two, there's a there's like a upper four or a, or a mid five, like every you know decade or so. So it's something to watch out for. I guess that was probably our decade's bigger one of the East Coast, but. Yeah, and also in Alaska, where that 7.8 happened three or four weeks ago, um, they had a little tsunami warning this morning, like a five point, shallow 5.6 or something, um, triggered oh, off the uh, tsunami warnings and shit, but it was just false alarm. So, oh, you know, they have I mean, to, not, it's one of those oh, things where they got to do it, but that was just to be time. safe. Oh, yeah. I mean, can't be too sure. But, Shallow earthquake, a lot yeah. of shoreline, a lot of fishing. Yeah. But I wanted to go in, because we're talking about, like, tons of TNT and shit. I wanted to talk about the Beirut explosion, just to give an idea of, like, certain like energies that are being yeah, released in like some of these air bursts or earthquakes or some shit like that. So I was reading yeah, and I've like... seen that <clears throat> the Beirut um, megaton uh, estimated shit was 2,237 <coughs> uh, tons of TNT <laughs> or roughly 2.5 to 3 megatons or kilotons. Um. The North Carolina, North Carolina quake that happened today was only 674 tons. So that's like three times, that explosion was three times how how much uh, energy was released in this earthquake in uh, this part of North Carolina today. So, and then <clears throat> you measure how big that explosion was compared to like a few air bursts. I think the um, the Hiroshima bomb was 15 megatons, or kilotons, sorry. So 15,000 tons. So this explosion that happened in Beirut was one-fifth a Hiroshima bomb. And Hiroshima bomb is like a firecracker compared to what happened over uh, Russia in like 2014. I think they measured that at like um like ten megatons or something like that. It happened way up high. Are you talking about the fireball? Yeah. Are you talking about yeah. 
the chilia beans. That was a mom. Yeah, I was gonna. I was not about to butcher that name, but. And then Holy um, cow, yeah. The uh, you see, that's just it. You can definitely tell that the Beirut. There's a difference between an airburst and an on-ground explosion, and like. I don't know. It's it's weird. That Beirut explosion, what they're saying, I don't know. Carry on. I'm sorry. I was about to get all conspiracy. I'm not going to do that. I'm just doing We're energy not- equivalents right now. So let me yes. see what the exactly. Tunguska megatonnage was. Or Yeah, it was actually the megatons. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tunguska was definitely megatons. 100%. Um, let's see. It was 15 megatons, so 15 million tons. And you see how much damage 3 kilotons does. That's 3 tons compared to 15 million tons. Or 3,000 tons compared to... Yeah. And they think that explosion was fucking crazy. Imagine an airburst over a populated city at a low altitude. At low altitude. It would be fucking crazy if like you would not be able to comprehend yeah, uh, an explosion like that that happened yeah we got lucky in 1908 with tunguska hitting over a fucking vast forest but unpopular yeah well for what we know i mean well i mean from from the there wasn't the, really anybody was that lived there life. but like um i think it was like 40 or 50 miles away or some shit like that people got blowed off their feet and live to tell about it. Yeah. And they describe like pillars of fire and the typical meteorite symbolism that you'd see in like ancient texts. Shit, it's weird. And but, that was yeah. only in like what nineteen oh eight. Yeah. So talking wow. about that, we could get on to the near Earth asteroids and fireballs of the week. Hey, my dude. So this week's closest known near-Earth object was 2020 OA6. Um, its closest approach was on August 4th at roughly 4.13 Universal Time. Um, it flew by with a velocity of 37,315 kilometers per hour and missed by 6.34 lunar distances or roughly... <laughs> 1,514,341 miles away. So that was the closest in EO that was that flew by this week. It was only 6.3 lunar distances. So 1,500,000 kilometer uh, miles. <clears throat> that Compared was to last week's, that's uh that's, yeah, that wow. was what twenty five thousand oh, miles. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, so we're like golden this week. We had yeah. a golden week. Yeah, we're some pretty cool fireballs though. Uh, seen one was over Brazil or over the ocean, but people in Brazil seen it. I think it actually oh, brutal. It might actually hit the impact? ocean. It might actually hit the yeah, ocean because that's cool. I have like this app that tells you like impactors. I think. I'm not mistaken, and it showed ocean. Yeah, so that was cool. But this week's um, fireball, (coughs) the object that actually entered our atmosphere, was um, reported over the Netherlands with uh, more than 41 eyewitnesses 
and around 10 people only hearing it. So 41 people seen it, 10 people just heard the sonic boom. It came nice. in from uh, the North Sea heading southwest and burning up over the Netherlands just before it reached the German border, German's northwestern border. So, <laughs> uh, fucking Germany, man. <laughs> yeah, still kicking ass after all these Stop fucking, fucking meteorites. Yeah, me like no. <laughs> but Not this week. <clears throat> It's pretty cool because we have a one of the most um, active meteor showers of the year is the Perseids meteor shower. Um, they have up to 100 meteorites or meteors visible per hour, so it's wow. I can't really. I know there's like 100, 100 to 120 per hour. Um, usually starts around now. This. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm so sorry. Uh, this is the one, the, the proceeds. This is the one that we go to uh, which, twice a year. That, that's the big the, one? That's the tour. Well, we do go through multiple. Like, there's multiple meteor streams that we do go to like a couple times a year. But like the, okay. the right. one They're where like, that's in like all the ancient texts and that they think is responsible for the younger dries and stuff like that is the Torrids. Like the torrid, like the oh. Taurus, the bull, all that shit's like symbolic of the torrid meteor stream that happens from like late June to uh, mid July, right, well, we and then we the go back into it in late October and early November. Right, which is that? That's yeah. I remember the torrids from the Gilgamesh. Got yeah, it. but this one I have a notes. They call this the Perseids because it comes out of the Perseus constellation. Which is usually where you oh. get your meteor stream name is the area or the constellation that it looks like the meteors are coming out of, like or it's radi- That's what you right. call a radiant point. Wherever the radiant point yeah. is is usually what you name. Like you name it after that constellation or whatever. Right. But the meteor streams themselves the actually come from a mother comet, like comet that's disintegrated over you know however many thousands of years and it's created like an elongated stream of debris that's where you get your meteor showers it you know when we go through that little band we'll go through its orbit basically that's where you get your meteor streams right fuck yeah so this one begins on july 17th and um usually at the beginning it really you get like a few Every night here and there on August 12th, this Wednesday, um, you'll get your most active um, times. Like, um, But actually, the moon's going to be pretty bright because it's like it's a little more than a half moon. So they're hoping it don't outshine a lot of them because, you know, it has to be like dark sky for you to see a lot of them. Right. Because, I mean, the moon's just reflecting the sun's light. So, yeah. So if the sky's bright, you're going to lose a lot of the, uh, you know, vision you would have of some of the dimmer ones that are coming in. Right. Um, So, yeah, it peaks August 12th, ends on August 24th. Um, The comet of origin for this one, the mother comet or whatever, is 109P Swift-Tuttle. That's the name of the comet. Um, It's on like a... Swift-Tuttle? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's the name of it. It's probably like two scientists that discovered yeah, it together or something. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like two last names. Yeah. Honestly. Cool. But, okay. um, so, cool. and it's going to talk about the orbit and, like, the reason we hit it this one just once a year. Like, the Taurids, they're on, like, the plane of the ecliptic. So, they're on, like, the same orbital, like, plane that we're on. And you, then you got other ones that come at, like, a an angled trajectory, you know, so they're, like, um, tilted from our orbit. You know what I'm saying? Like, ours right. will be flat, yeah, no. and then uh, their orbit will be tilted, so it'll, like, it'll be above the plane of the ecliptic, and then it'll drop down for half the time, and then it'll come back above. But we're on the level plane of the ecliptic <clears throat> with the torrents, I'm right, pretty sure. Right, so... No, that's cool. So, so, so we at, hit this one point, once a year, points. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so you hit it once a year because it's tilted compared to the plane of the ecliptic. So you're only going to hit it that one time where it comes around compared to like the torrids nice. where it's kind of on our same. So we'll hit two areas of contact because it's on our same plane of the ecliptic or whatever. So, oh, yeah. Okay. But it's. Its orbit comes right out to Earth's orbit. Like, Earth just barely comes and skims the side of the the orbit of the the comet's meteor stream, the Perseids meteor stream. So yeah, nice. So we could see little sparkles from it. Yeah, nice, cool, cool, cool. But it's a heavily populated um, stream, so I can I think that kind of implies that it's a younger younger meteor stream. Right, it's something that just broke up. Yeah, in 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 universal terms, so thousands, possibly millions of years. I think they usually give like meteor streams a. Uh, I mean, shit can be out there for millions of years, but a more heavily populated meteor stream usually implies like like thousands, like okay, like All right. maybe up tens of thousands at the most, maybe. But they're they're usually okay, short lived. So that's yeah, relatively that's what I was speaking. Okay, cool. I mean, in 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 universal terms, I yeah. got you. <clears throat> Just like when we're talking about geology and stuff like that, like we have to put in like the fact that these two earthquakes. I just want to I want I want to get back to that and like point point that out. Like that's two major earthquakes that are less than ten years apart on on in the center of a plate not not you know on fault lines where they're normally expected but yeah yeah that's i mean that's pretty cool definitely something to keep an eye out you know maybe they're build-ups yeah could hope they're just the main release because i don't think the east east coast is prepared for any major shakedown like that we still got fucking colonial aged homes and shit so and I could speak wholeheartedly from that. I working in Greenfield, Massachusetts right now. Um, uh, discovered there's a town right down the road, literally discovered in 1760 something, like right before <laughs> the revolution yeah. and stuff. Like really cool stuff. But all the the houses you could definitely see they're not they're all built the same old fashioned way. Like here's a box, we're gonna stack another box on top of it. All right, let's give this two boxes a roof and some <laughs> windows. There's a door, bam. You got but, yourself a house, sir. 
Yeah, I mean, no, you got your prettier ones, definitely from the higher class, but no, for the most part, it's good old-fashioned colonial-style houses, and you are correct, sir. Nothing up here is is ready to withstand an earthquake. I mean, the roads are falling apart simply from the, the weather and the the, uh, the the snow plows. They just dig the roads, so all the roads are shit. Uh, but yeah, another major earthquake, or if. Uh, you know, God forbid, with lack of God being there. Um, <laughs> forbid. <laughs> forbid, yes, God. Forbid. Forbid um, that this uh, another earthquake were to hit up here. Yeah, it would devastate, man. So I, I, I definitely hope that there are some scientists that are, that are as, like me, being like, hey, wait a minute. There's something. Maybe that's nothing, but it's better to have a hunch. And check into something that's nothing rather than, hey, who cares? And then, wham! Whole eastern seaboard wiped the fuck out by a massive tsunami. So, you know. Because actually, not to to trail off subject, but I actually looked in, did some own personal research into rogue waves. It turns out they're they're like a real deal now. That's like a real thing. Yeah, I mean, they're actually being legitimately studied. You know, like yeah. the phenomenon is actually being looked into by credible people. So if you get one of those guys, or or because the Great Lakes get them, and that's the craziest part. That's why they say the uh, the SS Fitzgerald, who was a massive freighter on the Great Lakes, it's a big legend up here. And uh, yeah, it, it, they found it went missing, and they finally found the wreckage. Well, when they found the wreckage, it was split in half. And what they're thinking was is that it got on like. <laughs> The plane of two separate waves and the weight in the middle just like oh, yeah. kind of snapped. Damn. So, so yeah. now you add some some earthquakes behind the force of those waves. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, rogue yeah. waves are weird because they can any weird shit could cause a huge, like you can have mm-hmm. underwater landslides, um, yep. gas releases can get because. Yeah, they've showed like lab like studies and a documentary I watched a long time ago where they like release air bubbles underneath ships and shit and it like reduces the buoyancy of the water and it could crack it in half or sink it and fuck it up and yeah. Oh yeah. Earthquakes oh, yeah. underwater, sinkholes underwater create any kind of water displacement. I know they try to blame it on like multiple waves coming together to make one giant wave, but Oh no, it's it's definitely more than that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here to tell you this now, from doing personal research like within the last two weeks on this stuff. There's some hardcore, like like you said, like it's legitimately studied now. Like they they categorize these things and track them throughout uh, a big place. Like that's what they're saying. Uh, all the hip, hoopla about the the, the Bermuda Triangle that, that that's actually a prime spot for rogue waves because you've got multiple air currents and multiple uh, underwater currents coming in and converging in this giant area. I mean, it's not to mention you're dead center of the fucking planet right on the equator. So you've got this nice, beautiful, warm, you know, humid air just belting out fucking hurricanes. So you've got all this. You know, yeah. Yeah. So see, I'm like, I'm not, not a big not, proponent for the Bermuda Triangle, but I feel like there is probably oh, maybe yeah. some electrical phenomenon. I might fuck with people's instruments, you know, get them disorientated yeah, oh, and shit. But I watched this Definitely thing on the Bermuda Triangle 
not really debunking it, but it's just giving you like facts about the Bermuda Triangle. And there's really not been any major concentration of accidents or anything in that area. It's it's really sporadic among, among like the whole. Right. Know, it's scene. just more or less like different events, but these events, instead of them being like, oh, it's a shipwreck or something like that, they're completely like poof. Like they still have not found. Uh, I can't remember which flight it is, but the the five Air Force planes that went out through oh, there, flight, they uh, still have not found. Nineteen, flight nineteen. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta send you this it. shit because I found this really good channel on YouTube. Let me know. He does like some really good shit, and he's not like. I feel like he's not biased. He just gives you some fucking facts, you know, and tells you the story, the and it's cool. But he does say like they were student pilots they had like one experienced pilot leading the thing um, right yeah they were they were just pulling it was just a routine yeah. fucking just like live fire exercise but he gets into like how they were they probably went north or something like that and were seeing certain islands when they thought they were south in the keys because their compasses were fucking up and uh, by the time they realized it they was already heading out to sea and was low on fuel I think one of the last transmissions they got was like, uh, when we uh, when we land, we all land together or some shit like that. Yeah. So like, you feel like they knew they had to plan. Like they all went down together so they could stay together, which gives everybody more chance of, you know, staying alive <laughs> and shit and not being separated. But right, and just you know that way the sharks don't have to go too far. <laughs> just take you out together. But yeah, there, I mean, but there's some definitely, like, I do feel like there is something about, you know, all these experiences and shit, but it, I feel like well, it could be, ex- it, it could be explained with certain things that I don't really know how to explain, but I don't know. I feel well, like it's a lot of it's electrical, me, magnetic, I would shit like, like that. I would another big one that the, that, that, that uh, I think the Bermuda Triangle has been blamed for, uh, the U.S. or the something... I think it was the USS Cyclops. I'm sure you're familiar with that one. So that uh-huh. They, they think that it. the Bermuda... Oh, well, look it up. It's a pretty big one. Uh, uh, they don't know if it made it as far to the Bermuda Triangle, but there's a lot of people that say Bermuda Triangle got it. I'm here to tell you this now. It's personal research. Um, I, I, I think, actually, we're looking at something different. And I totally should have sent you this. This was another fucking story I sent. It's pretty cool. But... Uh, Recent studies have found that the captain of the USS Cyclops was actually born and raised in Germany. That this was this was during World War One, uh, where Germany was was locked in a, a heated battle. Now this this captain was under the name of of, a, of an American of an uh, of an American man. Uh, the the last transmission that was received was "Weather's all clear, we're all good." Uh, they were carrying fucking tons and tons of manganese like hardcore elements used for 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 making stuff like that but i think i think uh recent studies have found that we're actually looking at one of the probably the greatest wartime heists of all time look that one up for you scott definitely look into it uh they the captain oh so he was like a double agent for germans or some shit exactly Yes, they think that him and a large majority of the crew, uh, there's a new thing, but it found, they totally fucking found out that, yeah. It just I went mean, missing. The, like they deactivated radar or some shit. Yep. 
Yep, this was World War One. Yeah, oh, totally definitely. doable. I think that's totally. That's just it. It was so I mean, easy to fuck think. with any kind of devices I... back then. Exactly, and the last message they sent was. I mean, if you look it up, I, I cannot quote it because I don't remember it. But the last message, I remember laughing, like hysterically, like laughing because I love history like that. But it was almost as good as the uh, when the German officer told the American officer, and and I think what was it, Bastogne or Cologne? But he was like, "Surrender, we've got you surrounded." And the American officer replied, "Nuts," <laughs> and they ended up winning. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but yeah, so literally the captain, they were like, "Is everything all right, Cyclops?" And they were like. Yep. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's a okay. Yeah, we're golden. <laughs> Literally it's better than. But yeah, if you look it up for for years, for almost almost like almost a hundred years, I can say that because it's upwards of fifty years, but rounding. But um, they thought that oh, it was Bermuda Triangle or oh, it was it was you know rogue waves, which that was actually a big thing for rogue waves. You know, thank, thankfully the Cyclops were missing, but recent studies found out, and it wasn't like a normal, like, you know, German name. No, they found out this dude's name was like, went from being like Frank <laughs> to, to, to like Wilhelm Steinhauser or some crazy shit like that. Like, look oh, it up, dude. Oh, he went full blown. Yes. And he was born <laughs> straight up in Germany. Yeah. Look it up. USS Cyclops. It's, it's a crazy story. The biggest wartime heist, but. Totally off subject. That's cool. Love this podcast. In between motherfucking everything. <laughs> That's what happens. You end up in yeah, between a little right. everything. But, but great. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so definitely some crazy earthquakes. The near Earth object was not very near Earth. We found out 1.5 million miles away or million kilometers. No, miles. it was, it no, was, it was miles. miles. Yeah. Miles, miles. Yes. Ah, uh, fireballs. We found out that the one fucking went over the North Sea. Got what? Forty people saw it. Yep. Uh, a couple people actually heard the boom, but Germany's border stopped it just before the you know it left the Netherlands. <laughs> it's fucking epic. Uh, back to another fucking quick summary. We are now about to go through proceeds. It's big. Big elliptical. Oh, what'd you say? Is it? Is it? What would you consider? Is counter elliptical? Because we're here on. I mean, it is on an elliptical orbit. What'd you call it? But um, right, but it's, it's not tilted on off the plane of the elliptic. Right, which is our. It's like our. It's basically the... the plane, like the flat plane that all the planets roll around on. And then you got some got that come at like got a it. different angle offset from our plane. Like perpendicular or just a little bit off, you know, not right. parallel. Okay. <laughs> and they're not always, And th now these objects are not, obviously they're not orbiting our star. Yes, they are. Something. They are. Like they're comets oh, are they? that okay. came in okay. from the outer solar system and then broke apart oh, and now okay. they got like they usually nice. they usually go from like venus's orbit and they'll go back out all the way to like jupiter or some of them even have like a they'll go all the way out past like neptune but like the torrid stay in between oh, shit. okay like uh venus and jupiter and 
Perseids do too. Oh, cool. Epic. Okay. All right. Fucking trickety tracking now, son. Boom, boom. So that gets all of our weekly news out of the. Well, wait, wait. Does does that? That does, right? Yeah. Yeah. Weekly. Yep. Onto the onto the big meat and potatoes. I think you had a fucking great one. So, seen an article come out uh, on the Iceland volcano Grimsvatn. Um. So they say it occurs roughly every five to ten years. Um, it happens on like a glacial shelf, like way up in Iceland. So it'll blast through the ice. Uh, lava will cause crazy ass steam, like clouds and shit, and it looks insane. Imagine lava, like oh, wow. fucking five thousand degree lava hitting, you know, twenty degree water. <laughs> ice. Yeah. Dude, and, and ice and snow. Oh, dude, epic. It's like, <laughs> like it's sizzle fest, dude. Song. Yeah, dude. World greatest. Oh, no. I'm telling you, greatest meme ever. If someone could do it, someone get up there, and as soon as it happens, open up a can of bush. Be like, <laughs> like, dude, oh, my God, that guy right there. Fucking like, ground like, starts shaking and shit. As he's drinking, doesn't move. <laughs> so, um, Grimm's Vatten is also famous for its source of the seven-month-long Lakey Fissure eruption that happened in 1783, so I guess there was, like, an insane oh, eruption. Seven months of it. Yeah. Wow. So this, it was an eruption that happened for seven months. 1783, uh, end of the last, uh, end of the little ice age that happened from like 1300 to 1850. This is right. Then, um, it caused, um, 20% death, uh, claimed 20% of the life in Iceland and lowered the northern hemisphere temperature by one degree Celsius just from that one eruption damn, alone. That's, that's we're that fragile. Wow. 20% of the population of Iceland from one volcano. One volcanic eruption. That was, I mean, holy 240 fuck. years ago, 237 years ago. Hey, that's, dude, that's, that's cataclysmic, man. Like, I mean, I'm now, sure, like, dude, if I'm, that happened I'm, now, I'm it would shut through. down the fucking Northern Hemisphere's fucking uh, oh, yeah. maritime and air traffic oh yeah but luckily dude that would so they don't think this eruption will be as big um they know one is coming um forecasting the timing and magnitude of the nature is hard because each eruption can be different from the next you know because you can have different fucking plumes of lava coming from different little pockets under the crust and shit but they know right. it's it's coming for sure. Um, they have one like every five or ten years. The last one was in 2011. Another 2011. <laughs> like that last big earthquake here was 2011. The last um, major eruption in Iceland was 2011. So, pretty weird. Hmm. Coincidence? Um, probably. <laughs> so, it erupts frequently. So, they're pretty, they're good at, you know, studying it now. Um 
so right now with all the tests that they're doing and everything, they're able to see that it's at like the same state as it was right before it erupted in 2011 and in 2014. So it's got like the, what they do is they'll go, they'll put down GPS markers and they can measure how much the crust is bulging or moving or whatever right above uh, where the volcano is or right around where the volcano is. So pretty much swells up like a balloon. Because it's having, like, all the lava's being, or magma's being pumped up right underneath. So it's kind of, like, flexing out the crust right there. Right. Every once in a while, it's got to... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, popping a zit. Oof. Oh, man. Now, so we're talking, now, I noticed you said something. I just want to, like, wheel back there. Like... Dude, that if if something like that were were to happen today, Iceland would be done. Like, uh, they're gone, out. Yeah. Seven months of a solid, singular volcanic eruption. Not to mention, and like you said, uh, like a balloon swelling up. So the lava's. No, I'm sorry. I'm just now picturing all this. I'm kind of slow, but well. It was 1783, yeah. so the health care right. might not have been as good for them to survive, a thing like that. But also, they lost 20% well, of their population when there wasn't hardly anybody there in 1783. I mean, now I'm sure there's quite a bit of people there, but we do have better, better health care. So, so it's hard to say the mortality rate right. what would be now compared to 1783. But there's more people, so right. I feel like there'd be more people, you know affected but also we have more resources to help you know adapt to whatever's going on right it's like but, it's kind of like the the chances of being helped kind of outweigh the the fact that there's more yeah. people so there's more chance injuries okay yeah but i mean right, if I'm we sorry. had a fucking seventh month long crazy ass eruption i mean the earth would definitely be affected i mean one degree celsius they're flipping out of global warming with half a degree temperature rise. They don't even comprehend. Dude, warming periods are always 100% better for the human population, for everything. Everything is better when shit is warmer. And they're fucking not even looking at what will happen if we lower the temperature. We, like, dude, everything happens... Whenever temperature drops, you can look at the charts. Every civilization, like from the Egyptians to the fucking medieval warm period to fucking every warm period, whenever it ends, like there's a drastic um, oh, dude, yeah. cooling temp. And that's when all you get all your plagues happen during those cooling uh, episodes. Um, Ice dams fucking melt. Dude, it's crazy. Like they don't even know what would happen. They don't even look. Now, they're keeping track on this fucking volcano, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this this came out August 4th, I think, or August. I mean, this is a recent development, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, they said it could happen from anywhere from the next month to the next year, but it's definitely going to go. But, so the thing is, is that the heat under these ice shelves around the volcano will melt the ice and cause cause subglacial lakes. So, you'll have a big... Um, build up a water underneath the ice and uh, oh god 
So releasing whatever that was frozen in that ice too. Not talking about life forms, but talking about like bacteria and shit. Well, that's relatively young ice, so there really probably isn't anything. Oh, trapped. Oh my bad. You know, because that area has been blown to shit fucking multiple times in the past. Well, it says every five to ten oh, years, yeah. a blast Ugh. blows it the fuck away. But so what happens is, <laughs> if you can compare it to Lake Missoula, so they think these big ass lakes form under this, and every so often they'll fucking outburst and like blow these ice dams, and they'll have these gigantic ass floods that fuck shit up and destroy towns and bridges and all that shit. <clears throat> so the thing is, if you know anything about Lake Missoula, that's what they, um, so you have the Scablands up in like Washington and the, uh, Northwest, like Alberta and shit or whatever. You have all those like, um, big erosional water. Right. It came from like floods and shit, but they, they give the, all the erosional features to like 80 floods that happen. So what they think is during the fucking gradually slow melting of the ice caps that has been pushed for so long they think this lake filled up and broke multiple times and caused these insane insane amounts of damage to the landscape but at the same time yeah canyon gouging and at the same time they'll tell you that these floods at these uh volcanoes happen they're trying to tell you that ice that can't even hold back these smaller floods at these volcanoes and shit that break you know without even getting to any kind of like any kind of relative size to anything that was happening at the end of the last ice age they're trying to tell you that that mechanism is the same thing that held back lake missoula lake missoula was fucking great lake sized it was not a small lake at all so how the fuck is an ice dam going to hold back Lake Missoula when it can't even hold back some of these subglacial lakes that are happening in Iceland? I just... Right. They're like contradicting themselves. That's, and, uh, See, we, we need more people like you in that field. Get your degree faster. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm working on it. <clears throat> Another way like, that they're measuring... See, I don't... What was that? I said, see, I told you those fucking ice dams. Yeah, dude. Sorry, I'm sorry. Exactly. Carry on. And these floods are called yokelops, by the way. These uh, ice dam glacial oh, floods. Yokelops. Cool. Which, I don't know. Yokelops. It just like that. kills me. That they'll tell you, oh, this is the same thing that's happening here when this can't even... I don't know. The ice dams that are holding back the water at these volcanoes can't even hold back fucking a smaller, tiny lake compared to what Lake Missoula was. Like it, just, it just don't add up. And you can go listen to Carlson about this because he gets into some of the math and the real data behind it, and it just, just doesn't add up. But yeah, so. Another way that they're measuring that this could probably blow soon is this um, sulfur dioxide, the carbon dioxide, and the hydrogen gas that's around the area is like becomes very enriched and <clears throat> like it's 
you can tell the difference from when you're in a calm period and to when all these volatile gases are leaking up through the vents and shit. So you can really tell when there's an event about to happen. But yeah, they say it could happen within the next month to the next year, so it's really hard to tell. Oh, snap. So we're talking about something, sorry, major happening within our lifetimes, actually. <laughs> within our next vacation period. Oh, man. But, I mean, they're pretty, from what I was reading, they seem pretty positive that within the next year there's going to be a an event. and Because there was a pretty big one in 2011, so they think that one... Might have been like a more a bigger pressure release compared to what's coming. So they don't really think this one is going to be a great damaging one. It's just going to be like a little pressure release type thing. Do you think that the earthquakes that are happening on our eastern seaboard could possibly be tied to this? Yeah, I'm not um, sure. I mean, I feel like. Everything's kind of connected in a little way, but they are pretty far apart. Iceland and North Carolina's not really even, I don't think they're on the same continent. I think Iceland's still part of the European continent. I think so. All right, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Hard to say, man. I ain't no scientist. Well, not yet, anyway. (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much the update on that. Just keep an eye on it because it could, it could be a big one, but they're not thinking it is. But either way, I think the one in 2011 stopped uh, airspace in Iceland. <clears throat> and they're also oh, saying, if it, since it's really not going to be a big one, they're like, whenever all this shit comes out, it immediately touches like the snow and ice. So it like, it dampens it. It makes it heavier, so it's uh, it'll, all the ash and bullshit will probably fall within like forty miles of the volcano itself. So it probably won't be like a worldwide like ash cloud. You know, it'll be localized. Right, but it's definitely going to stop travel through the area. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, flight. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's right. <laughs> so, do you want to um, go over your Antarctica thing? We're at about 50 minutes. Figured this will be a good way to end up the... Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a it's, it's a little... It's, it's a, article's a little older than I'd like to admit, but it's actually kind of the reason I was going to bring up my final topic was the fact that there's a, there's a large lack of information coming out of Antarctica that I feel that I'm not getting into conspiracy theories, but just weird, you know, like uh, the last thing we heard of was these geothermal vents that are opening up and causing a lot of uh, under the ice melting. And they, they found uh, uh, lakes, like you said, that are happening in the Northern hemisphere. They're also happening in the Southern hemisphere, but either way, um, Studies in, I think it was 2012, they went down to Antarctica and found a shit ton of new species living under the ice. And uh, I'm, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling, the, the kind of crap that they found down there. But in all complete honesty, uh, it 
crabs, uh, what was it, octopus, there was a, a sea star, but it didn't have the typical five, um, you know, prongs. It had seven, it had seven <laughs> arms. That was pretty crazy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Some, some really weird new barnacles, new types of limpets and some, even some new sea enemies. But the, the one that everyone was kind of crazy about was the, uh, the crab, the, they called it the Yeti crab because it was, uh, it's kind of furry, <laughs> but either way, fucking hairy it just crab. goes to show that, that there's, yeah, uh, honestly, think of like, you know, like you know, Mr. Crab's hairy ass uncle, but <laughs> regardless, uh, it just goes to show that even, even in the most harsh conditions in the deepest parts of Antarctica, these people are finding shit. Now these guys are like, it's, it's, it's happening on a ridge, all right? It's like off the southern coast of South Georgia, which again, I have to point out it's an island. And the southern, I think it's the South Atlantic, I think. Yeah. South Atlantic. I mean, if it's a geo, if it's like sure. a volcanic area, but that's a pretty good place to find like, uh, thermal vents and shit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just it. The, these these communities that they're finding these new uh, animals in, these communities are happening. They're all around these vents, and these vents they breathe these uh, uh, certain types of carbons, and they think that. I mean, honestly, they're saying like these things are like. The, if you look at it, they they create life. They really do. Like in an oasis, you know, they create little oases of of life in these giant vast. I mean, it's just pumping it's fucking black. minerals, like, that fucking life thrives yeah. on. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere else. You can just stay right there and have everything you need, I think. Just grab a little creature yeah, as it actually, comes by the, and eat it, and you're good. Yeah, there's actually a form of shrimp that, uh, it's actually cool as shit. They call it, the, it's nicknamed the Daredevil Shrimp, that uh, he uh, he feeds off the, the, the minerals that come out of these vents. But the thing is, is that these vents are pumping these minerals out, and it's boiling the water, actually. So the the, the shrimp has to like to get its food. It has <laughs> to, to cook itself. Time it just right. Right, Damn. and yeah, actually, yeah. If you watch um, Blue Planet Two, you there's that they've actually got footage of one getting like sadly to say not nothing against fucking like animal cruelty or nothing. I mean, I have everything against animal, animal on cruelty, animal crime. But, it's not like a, yeah, it's a, it's a thermal vent cooking a fucking shrimp. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's natural. It's, it's not like somebody, you know, that's all organic. It's not somebody fighting a dog. Yeah, for real. It's, it's good shit. It's good. It's funny. But regardless, it just goes to show that there's, there's life still thriving in these places that even, even today, humanity has the utmost trouble figuring anything out about Antarctica. Yeah, that's We're why it's so hard to get any kind of studies. Yeah, exactly. It's such a fucking barren wasteland. I mean, like, these... There's like 50 people down there at a time. Mm-hmm. And that place is a whole continent. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, it's a, it's definitely a fucking source for folklore. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have to point out, uh, Scott, you'll thank me for doing this, but a while back, my friend here, Scott, really overturned my viewpoint on Antarctica. I've watched The Thing too many times and read Out the Mountains of Madness way too many times and figured that there's got to be some 
lost ancient civilization in Antarctica or something like that, some kind of hidden secret that they're not telling us about. But in all actuality, I think the hidden secret that everyone's pointing at is the fact that we still do we, we take for granted the like the the, the the dangers of life. Right? Like we got it easy. We just manipulate the world around us and and and, and you know, mold it to the way we want it. However, <laughs> you get these motherfuckers, these fucking shrimp, well, they've got to deal with the fact that if they want to eat, well, it's either a 50-50 chance to get cooked. <laughs> or sorry, boiled. There's Dude, total difference. Total fucking throw in that water gets to 382 degrees Celsius around those vents. That's like yep, multiple times the boiling point. Thank you for pointing point. that out. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. It's like, yeah, it's literally like, that that water is turning to vapor at that sudden point, but like because it's so deep, it just yeah oh, pressurized and everything. It's it's great. Sorry, I'm doing laundry at the moment in town, so just podcasting and laundry. Podcast laundry. Hey man, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> All right, everything's going awesome. Taking this because I don't trust people. All right, that button doesn't work. All right, but but back to what I was saying. Um, no, that's I just I don't know. Antarctica holds a, a very special place in my heart. Not only because at one point I was convinced that, that the secret of humanity is lies in the in the deepest darkest points of humanity. I would like to point out though. All right, would like to point out. If I'm not mistaken. One of the oldest maps in existence uh, charts Antarctica having like trees and well, I was gonna say there's rivers. like multiple source maps that you can find, like the Perry Reese map, and there's some older maps too that do depict South America era uh, Antarctica, like. You right. cannot deny now, like, pre Columbian, pre everything. Like so and yeah, people definitely knew about it. And you could get into the whole theory of like crustal displacement or like axial tilt or whatever. And Dude. the tilt <clears throat> I think like Antarctica might have been up north more and it could have been like vegetated and whatnot. I don't know. I know those pyramids that everybody fucking describes or whatever. Fucking mountaintops. Yeah. How could you... Oh, my God. That People was annoy me so hard with that shit. I like, know. I'm very sorry. <laughs> not you, really, but just, like, the whole internet, dude. No, I did. I did. I pissed you off one day about that. I really did. Because they yeah, zoom in sorry. on one mountaintop. They don't zoom yep. out and look at the fucking rest of the peaks that are right there connected to it. And then every other mountaintop that looks like a fucking has like four points. Yeah. I mean, like it's like Jesus. It's actually it's the uh, Admiral Admiral something Admiral Saint James or Admiral something range. But dude, no, I totally like. There's one mountaintop that that is. I mean, you gotta admit it looks pretty. It's pretty wicked, but I know that ain't no fucking pyramid. Dude, I found this one group there. on Facebook. And really, the whole fucking page is them 
zooming in on like low quality fucking mountaintops to be like, look, obvious activity. Like, dude, that's like a fucking pixelized Google Earth image you can't even see shit on. What are you talking about? It's like, There's aliens. People just want to see shit where they want it, you know. Anti-gravity devices. Oh, yeah. See, and that's, that's the thing. That's what scared me away from the whole UFO thing for a long time is the fact that, like, it got to a point where, like, I wanted it to be real so bad that I would just believe just about anything. Yeah. Like, even even ancient aliens, you know, but... Dude, I was the biggest ancient aliens guy there for a bit, so I know exactly how it is. Like, everything... It's like when you... I don't know. It's just... You gotta train yourself to think different, like... Because you're so you programmed to take... Like, if anybody has, like, an official, you know, title that... Like, oh, well, they, oh, yeah, they yeah. wouldn't lie to me. But then... No, of course not. Yeah, so... You just gotta learn to... It's called, uh... What do you, discernment. It's a big skill that a lot of people need. Look, vet your sources. It's... You really gotta look where shit comes from. And the motive behind. And all that. So... Just, just gotta train yourself over time because it takes time. Very true, Scott. So. Very, very true. But <clears throat> I guess that is a good ending point for episode number six. Um, the big, the big six. Next week will be nine. seven. Maybe we can go into why uh, the number seven is in. All these ancient writings and Bible and you know, all kinds like, of shit. Maybe we can do that. Every sacred number we can like talk about it or something. I would like to do that. That would be cool. I can't wait to get to episode 432. That one's <laughs> going to be the shit. <laughs> oh, man. So, let's see. Um, all right. So, obviously, you're listening to us. You can find us on... Um, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, um, we're on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and if you want to watch some slideshows I put together for the show, watch us on YouTube, share it anywhere you can share it, tell your friends, your family, tell them all, in between everything's here to stay. In between everything, everything that's happening. We're there, We're in, in between, between it. it. <laughs> you used to it. But, yeah. Alright, fella. I guess, oh. uh, that'll be it for this week. You guys have a good well, week. Scott. Kebab. Yeah, Scott and everybody else. Yes. Dude. Everybody. Always good to hear from you, bro. Yep. Alright, guys. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good luck. <laughs>